Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Real people. Real crimes. Real life drama. It was early evening of August 31st, 2012 when Yancey Knoll left work and headed home. He started driving his battered old Subaru up Interstate 5. At some point, he encountered a man in a BMW. He had no way of knowing that he was going to be dead in 10 minutes. Nancy Noah was just a guy who lived in North Seattle, had a girlfriend and a dog, liked to climb mountains. He was one of us. When you prosecute murder cases for as long as we have, the random nature of death is what gets in your head. He was my best friend for 22 years. He was my touchstone. He was the guy who kept me grounded. People adored him. The last few moments of Yancey Knoll's life were pulling up at a stoplight. The BMW pulled up next to Yancey's Subaru. Yancey turned and saw this car and this man next to him. He saw the gun pointed at his head and he saw the bullet that shattered the window and tore apart his face. And then he turned and was shot three more times in the head. The witnesses really didn't know what had happened. They heard the shots. 
and then they saw the BMW pull into oncoming traffic, screeched out, leaving tire marks, going so fast that when the car hit a hill, it took air and then sped out of sight. When I arrived that day at the murder scene, it was dusk. They had yellow crime scene tape around Yancey Knowles' Subaru. There was blood outside the driver's door. The driver's seat was saturated with blood. When police respond to a murder, they're looking for a reason. Was anybody mad at Yancey? Did Yancey have any enemies? There might have been some kind of road incident, some kind of traffic incident. And what are people thinking? That there's a killer on the loose? There was a killer on the loose. Anybody could have been the next target. Police didn't know they were looking for a student of murder. Someone who would kill just to kill. I'm Peter Van Sant. Tonight on 48 Hours, Student of Murder. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This case is about the presence of evil in our world. It was like a bomb had dropped. None of us is ever safe. Any of us could have been Yancey Knoll. Prosecutors Adrian McCoy and Kristen Richardson say the murder of Yancey Knoll in 2012, shot to death in his car while stopped at a red light, put the city of Seattle on edge. The police went all out. They took it very seriously. Police are still looking for the suspect. Yancey Knoll was shot and killed one week ago tonight. Right now, the shooter is on the loose. How big a story was this? This was a very big story. Allison Grandy is a reporter for Cairo 7, a CBS News affiliate. We have shootings in Seattle. We don't necessarily have many shootings in that area of Seattle, that time of day, and that type of victim. What were you hearing? Did Yancey Knoll have any enemies? From talking to his friends, Yancey didn't have any enemies. 
He was an outdoorsy guy who enjoyed fine wine, loved what he did working as a wine steward at QFC. Hey, what's your name? Yancey. Bottom line, 42-year-old Yancey Knoll was a good-hearted, happy-go-lucky guy. And, friends say, the idea that Yancey exploded into a road rage battle is ridiculous. He drove like a grandma. He was very, very careful. Longtime friend, Brad Kenny. He had a Subaru wagon, not known for its speed. Was he an angry man? No. Was he impulsive? No. Reckless? Never. Verbally abusive? God, no. Not even close. He was so careful and mindful with how he interacted with people. Investigators suspect Yancey and his killer crossed paths around 7 p.m. on Interstate 5, just north of Seattle. It's possible that there was some sort of confrontation and Yancey pulled up to the intersection thinking nothing of it. You think he ever knew what hit him? Never. He was killed instantly, thank God. He had no idea what happened. The details of this shooting were curious, to say the least. Right here, five shots were fired with remarkable accuracy. It was at about this time of day, and the shooter killed Yancey Knoll just a few feet from other motorists. I hear five rapid shots, like, kind of like a pop, 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 pop. Friends Kevin Watts and Angelo Rama were driving together when they heard those five pops behind them. The next thing they saw was a car speed away into oncoming traffic. I drove by and I was like, that's kind of weird that someone wouldn't wait for a red light. Upset that the driver had run the red light, the two friends hit the gas and gave chase. We couldn't catch up to him. How fast did that vehicle peel out of here? Zero to 60 in like two, three seconds. He was gone. Rama and Watts gave up the chase and returned to the scene where a Subaru was still at the curb with its motor running. The friends had a sinking feeling that those pops they'd heard likely were gunshots. I saw a lot of blood. I saw where the bullet holes were, and I realized that there was just, there's absolutely nothing I could do. The shooter's bullets had hit Yancey four times in the head. The case was about to consume detectives Frank Clark and Dana Duffy for the next two years. Yancey had no criminal history, no history of being a hothead. We really didn't have a lot to go on. After closely inspecting the crime scene, the detectives realized Yancey's window was down and the shooter had fired those five shots right through his own passenger side window. That's so strange to me. The shooter would shoot through the passenger side window of his car at someone else. Have you ever heard of such a thing? No, it, it was strange to us as well. That was a huge piece of evidence. The police now knew the shooter's car had a broken passenger side window. And there was more. Even though witness Angelo Rama had only glimpsed the fleeing car for a split second, something registered. My first guess was an M4. It's a BMW car. The one that I saw was a convertible. It was silver. Was the top up or down? It was down. 
And when he was driving by, I noticed he had really, really nice silver rims. Armed with his detailed description, the police advised the public to be on the lookout for that BMW model with that broken passenger side window. As for the driver... I looked at the person who was driving the car because I'm really good with faces. Kevin Watts helped a police artist come up with this remarkably detailed sketch of the shooter. Within a week, the sketch was released to the public, along with grainy still photos of the car from a nearby security camera. We knew that police in Seattle were looking for a silver BMW, and they were pulling them over. All over the city? Yes, yes. Police were desperate to stop the killer from striking again, not knowing if or when he would. Two weeks went by, and then... a suspect surfaced who surprised everyone. When you see something like this from somebody who has it all together, he's not crazy. He's just evil. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Police are still looking for and the he was suspect. driving a silver BMW. In his 20s or 30s. Did witnesses say? Plea for anyone with information. In the two weeks that followed Yancey Knoll's brutal execution, cops received hundreds of tips about that dark-haired suspect in a silver sports car. It seemed at that time like everybody in the city of Seattle was driving a BMW Z4 or a Z3. Then, on September 14th... A woman calls in an anonymous tip. For the first time, this mysterious man has a name. And she provides a name of Din Bowman and his address, which is less than 10 blocks from the shooting site. When we pulled up a photo of him, matched the description of our sketch. Did his hairstyle match? Yes, and the age description matched. And yet, the 29-year-old Din Bowman appears to be the most unlikely of potential suspects. He's a dazzling engineer with an inventive imagination. The golf ball hits the lever of this press, which drives the drill, which spins the wire. Which like wire, this Rube which Goldberg contraption spring, he created circuit, just for fun. It swings over and hits this water bottle. The bottom of the water bottle is a magnetic plunger. The people that we've spoken to have described him as brilliant. A genius? Others have 
titled him as a genius. Which then triggers this flamethrower. Bowman was only a 12-year-old when he entered college. In his 20s, Bowman opened his own business, a boutique engineering company called Vague Industries that specialized in robotics. And then in 2007, Bowman met Jennifer Palm, a successful dentist at an education seminar. They were married a year later. I thought they were what I considered to be a power couple, very, very sophisticated. Jessen Mata was a friend of the Bowmans. What were they like as a couple? Loving. The both of them, I think, understood one another. But it was up to detectives Duffy and Clark to figure out Din Bowman, and they quickly learned that he had owned a BMW. We wanted to know, does he still have that BMW? Is it still at his house? And immediately we came up with the plan that we're going to set up a surveillance on his residence. A stakeout. A stakeout. A tense week went by with no sign of the BMW coming or going. But then the garage door opens up just enough for the detectives to spot a silver sports car. Based on that information, we're able to obtain a search warrant. Before dawn, on September 21st, 2012, as Din and Jennifer were leaving for work, police swooped in to arrest Din Bowman. Din was placed in handcuffs and transported down to our office. So you know, this is a police facility and everything's being recorded, okay? okay. Just to let you know that. Bowman has to wait two hours for detectives to arrive to question him. While he's killing time, Bowman doesn't appear to be concerned. He enjoys some snacks and a cup of coffee. Exasperated, Bowman complains his precious time is being wasted. Were you knocking? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, so, kind of getting a little annoyed at how long this is taking. Do I need to, like, um, sorry, this, it, it, it has to take as long as it takes, okay? We he was pretty confused about the whole thing. It was kind of weird. Bowman also didn't realize that in another room, his wife, Jennifer, had agreed to answer questions from Detectives Clark and Duffy. Have you heard of any murders, like, within a few blocks of your house in the last few weeks? I'm not sure. You're not sure? It's a yes or no question. I'm not sure. We call it the I'm not sure interview. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because her responses were overwhelmingly, I'm not sure. So your honesty right now is paramount. I understand. I'm not sure what I can tell you. Jennifer didn't know that the detectives had already inspected Din's BMW and had discovered from these markings that the passenger side window had been replaced. Remember, investigators were certain the killer had fired through that glass. The first thing we did was open the passenger door and you could see glass shards in the well of the door jam. Also, within the garage, there was this fresh smell of paint. That's because the BMW's silver rims had been painted black. What about the paint smell that we're smelling in there? I'm not sure. Do you know anything that goes on in your house? 
for nearly four hours. He bled all over the frickin' streets of Seattle, okay? Investigators hammered Jennifer for answers. And I'm tired of you sitting there playing dumb. While the interview was going on, investigators entered the Bowman's house, which was surprisingly bare. We knew that Jennifer was the primary breadwinner in that household, and we knew from serving some of our search warrants that she made probably $250,000 a year. But when we got into the home, she had hardly any bedroom furniture. Her mattress laid on the floor. As they went room to room, investigators discovered a small arsenal of weapons and ammunition. Everything except the suspected murder weapon, a 9mm Glock. When detectives finally got to Bowman, they hoped he would answer a few questions. But Bowman was smart enough to shut down the interview. Do you want to talk to a lawyer or you want to talk to us first? Well, I guess I'd like to talk to a lawyer. Bowman might have been done with the detectives, but they were far from finished with him. You're going to be charged with a crime. Of what? Murder. Of what? Of who? Murder of a human being. Okay. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. was something to see. At least 45 friends of murder victim Yancey Knoll packed arraignment court this morning to get a look at this man. You watch this man walk in and you see this unassuming person and you go, why? Why would you, why would you do this? Din Bowman has been in custody for four months for the murder of Yancey Knoll. And at this hearing, Bowman learns his bail is set at a stunning $10 million, a sum he cannot make. He hasn't shown any sign of guilt or even fear. Brad Kenny is desperate for answers. It just fills you with so much anger. While Bowman appears stoic in court, prosecutors say the alleged killer has a quirky side that emerges in hundreds of recorded jailhouse phone calls with his wife, Jennifer. They had pet names. Din was Bunny, and Mrs. Bowman, Jennifer, was Snuggles. Bunny and Snuggles. Bunny and Snuggles. When they talk to each other, they talk in baby talk. Bunny, Bunny, how are you? I'm doing good. How's my little Snuggle cake? I just wrote you an email. Yay. It was very strange. Very strange. 
I miss so many things right now. I know. I don't have a snuggles. You don't have a snuggle plum next to you. Everyone warned us, don't listen to the jail calls. Don't listen to the jail calls. You'll want to throw up. I'm just going to say love, 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 love. Love, 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 love. Meanwhile, back among the grown-ups, detectives Frank Clark and Dana Duffy were methodically building their homicide case against Bowman. They discovered that for years, the tech-savvy genius had been downloading these books, articles, and videos to his computer on the subject of death and murder. It's not that he just had a little bit of it. He had tons of it. And then there was Bowman's obsession with this man. Bond. James Bond. And it showed in Bowman's computer videos. That's Din Bowman driving a car at high speeds around an obstacle course. And here he is blasting away in shooting demonstrations where he proved he was an expert marksman with either hand. I don't believe that Din Bowman got up that morning thinking, today's the day that I'm gonna shoot somebody. This situation presented itself somehow. But once it did, then all his self-training and research kicked in. We're gonna talk about shooting through glass. And one of Bowman's videos, made by a firearms expert, really shocked police. I've come into a situation where I feel threatened by somebody off to my passenger side. It was a play-by-play of Yancey's murder. Of course, I recognize, I come down, I grip, I cross parallel, extend, touch, press. If you want to know how to shoot somebody in traffic from your very fancy sports car, it was an awfully helpful video. He didn't even have to roll down his window. Prosecutors came to believe Bowman wanted to kill someone just for the thrill of it. Why would he commit this murder in broad daylight where there are witnesses around who could see his car, perhaps see him? What's the fun of it if there's no challenge, if there's no witnesses, if there's no need to get away, to speed off and fly through neighborhood streets and hide your car in your garage? That was the fun for him. Soon after the murder, police say that Bowman went to his computer where he had his vast library of murder-related books, including Arrest Proof Yourself. How to cover up a murder, how to get rid of a gun, how to get rid of gunshot residue. And police say Bowman now had an accomplice, Jennifer Bowman, a.k.a. Snuggles. Do you understand how serious this is right now, Jennifer? Jennifer, to me, seemed very, very nervous. Tell us the truth. Poor eye contact. I could see that she was shaky. Tell me the truth right now. I have told you the truth. Jennifer never asked for a lawyer and handed over her purse where police found receipts that aided the investigation. Do either of you have the belief that Jennifer had prior knowledge of this attack? I don't think she had prior knowledge, but I believe that at some point Din told her what happened. She had to know something because the next day she went to Portland with him. Why'd you go to Portland? 
A trip that led to this auto glass shop where police say Bowman began to cover up his crime, his wife by his side. She was very standoffish. She didn't say much. Repairman Jeff Shields. He just seemed like he needed a window right away. Bowman told Shields the BMW window had been shattered by a thief while he and Jennifer were eating in Portland. What time of day was the window broken? Um, we found it. Um, in the afternoon. At approximately what time? It was right after we ate lunch. But detectives say a restaurant receipt from Jennifer's purse told a different story. They were never there for lunch. They went there at, at dinner time. Three weeks later, the Bowmans visited a tire store in northern Seattle. Manager Doug Haskett says Bowman used the name Peter while his wife avoided eye contact. She was a blonde, and she just kind of looked at the ground. She really wouldn't talk to anybody. Bowman bought four cheaper tires to replace the expensive BMW tires. How would he get new tires? Because during our investigation, the media released that there were tire tread tracks left at the scene. Why did he get new tires? I'm not sure. I were, the old ones, were the other ones wore out? I'm not sure. What if we put you on a polygraph test today? He'd feel it like a sack of potatoes. I mean, I can tell you're lying just looking at you. Police say they later found the set of expensive, practically new BMW tires inside Bowman's workshop at Vague Industries. The murder weapon was never recovered, but prosecutors felt they had enough evidence to try Din Bowman for first-degree murder. Please rise. And he would soon take the stand and tell a story he had long kept secret. If I didn't do something right then, I was going to die. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Frank, what do we have here? Peter, we're in the evidence warehouse of the Seattle Police Department. Two vehicles, side by side, once again, just as they were on that summer evening in August 2012. This is Din Bowman's BMW Roadster Z4 and Yancey Knowles Subaru. What brought them together is unclear. The result of their encounter is not. 
What goes through your mind when you look inside this car? Sadness, devastation for Yancey. His family lost a, a loving member. Murder is, is very ugly. It's never pretty. And now, on November 19th, 2014, two years after Yancey Knoll was savagely gunned down, his alleged killer enters the courtroom to face the charge of first-degree murder. Please rise. Court is now in session. By the time of trial, he looked like he was 13. Din Bowman is transformed. Gone is the confident, cocky young man who first met with detectives. Do you want to talk to a lawyer or you want to talk to us first? Well, I guess I'd like to talk to a lawyer. And in his place is what appears to be a clean-cut college student. This guy doesn't look like a killer, and that's not at all uncommon for defendants to change their appearance in order to appeal to the jury. Bowman's mother, a native of Vietnam, and his father, a Boeing engineer, are in court every day to support their only child. But his cooing wife, Jennifer, his snuggles, is nowhere to be seen. We are ready to begin opening statements. Prosecutor Adrian McCoy tells jurors that the motive for murder wasn't greed or jealousy. This was a fulfillment of a quest. But something far more macabre. A quest to know what it would be like to kill someone. McCoy attempts to take the jury inside Bowman's mind by showing these training videos recovered from his computer. We're going to talk about shooting through glass. From video, to thousands of pages of research on killing another person, prosecutors paint a portrait of a premeditated murder. It was the equivalent of the Library of Congress on death. You ever seen anything like this before in your career? Not even close. Why was all that stuff on his computer? He hoarded information. He had a lot of things on his computer that are totally bizarre. Having possession of it doesn't mean anything. Mr. Bowman was actually trying to create a library of basically everything. Bowman's lawyer, prominent defense attorney John Henry Brown, whose former clients include serial killer Ted Bundy, says there's no evidence that Bowman ever read or watched any of these materials. There were thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of pages about engineering techniques, but also there was all this bizarre stuff that the prosecutors used in order to make up their motive. As the defense presents its case, Brown takes a big gamble. You swear our firm on the penalty of He puts Din Bowman on the stand. I felt like it was just this crazy bad dream, and I, I was just run, I, I was running from a monster. And Brown knows he's risking it all on Bowman's ability to sway jurors and convince them that he was the victim of road rage. If I didn't do something right then, I was going to die. Bowman explains that it all began when he accidentally cut off Yancey Knoll on the interstate. There was sort of a, a stream of swearing. I think the, the, the phrase that caught my attention was... Um, you better learn how to drive that fancy car, boy, 
or you're gonna get yourself up. Bowman says Yancey closely followed him off the interstate to this traffic light where they both stopped. And it was that point when I got wham. Yeah. That wham, Bowman says, was a wine bottle thrown by Yancey that hit him in the head. He's an absolute liar. That's sacrilegious to Yancey. He would never throw and waste wine on somebody like that. I remember seeing his eyes really like bulging and like as he was kind of, as he was yelling, I would describe it as just like violent hatred that you would, <sighs> I had only seen in the movies. Did you think it was possibly a gun? Yeah, yeah. I was scared. Fearing for his life, Bowman says he pulled out his 9mm Glock, pointed it at Yancey, and fired. You intentionally shot him? Yes. Was it your intent to kill him? No. Road rage is by definition not premeditation. And Bowman says he shot Yancey Knoll in self-defense. I remember opening my eyes, seeing that I had the gun in my hand, and I had just dropped the gun and stepped on the gas. Though Bowman claims he was the victim, he didn't call the police. Panicked, Bowman says he collected evidence from his car, including the wine bottle and the gun, and threw it all away. Throwing away of the evidence that would support his own story. This is a guy who's genius level IQ, right? Well, but yeah, but a lot of geniuses I know don't have a lot of common sense. You threw away the evidence that you could show the police to prove you were not a criminal, right? I didn't think they would even believe me. But prosecutor Kristen Richardson isn't buying a word of Bowman's story. You don't think that most husbands would go home to their wives and say, oh my God, I almost got killed. I figured the more that he talked, the worse it was going to get for him. You're an expert shooter. What was your target? I, there was no aiming involved in this. Okay, well you did a pretty good job, didn't you? Because you hit him four times in the head, including the temple, right? Um, that surprised me. For three days, Richardson hammers away at Bowman. You lied to your parents. You lied to your wife, right? Is that a question? But he never loses his composure. Mr. Bowman, you have no trouble answering yes or no to Mr. Brown. Is there something wrong with the way I ask questions of you? No. It seemed like a strange question. Okay, well, that's the first no I think I've gotten from you, so I guess the point's been made. I have nothing else. Thank you. You may step down, sir. As Din Bowman steps down, the question is, did he convince the jury that he killed Yancey Knoll to save his life? And I think Din deeply believed that the jury would see that. Self-defense is justifiable homicide. Or simply for the thrill. Is he guilty of murder in the first degree? Yes. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, 
propels us forward and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. forget you Every time he hikes this trail, Brad Kenny thinks of his friend Yancey Knoll. I really miss him. It's never going to be over. And I'll always miss him. I mean, it's good to be here, but it's um it's really difficult. Please rise. After 3 weeks and 31 witnesses, Din Bowman's murder trial is coming to a close. He hasn't shown one iota of remorse. He's just completely stoic. I think we're ready for the jurors. On December 9th, 2014, more than two years after Yancey Knoll's murder and coincidentally, Din Bowman's 32nd birthday, jurors begin deliberations. It's the worst part of the job, waiting for a verdict, but it's just the nature of it. You always doubt yourself. One person not doubting himself is Din Bowman, as he confides to his wife, Jennifer, in recorded jailhouse phone calls. We should chastise the jurors if they take longer than tomorrow. Jennifer has not appeared a single day of Bowman's trial, but she stays in constant contact and has no doubt whatsoever of his innocence. This is obvious. They need to acquit. Like, how could they consider anything else? You'd have to be completely irrational to believe anything else. Be seated, please. On day three, the jury returns. I understand the jury has reached a verdict. I will read the verdict form. We, the jury, find the defendant, Thomas Ben Bowman, Guilty of the crime of murder in the first degree as charged. Guilty. The jury didn't buy Din Bowman's He admits he killed Noel, but says it was First degree murder required premeditation. It's a total surprise to Bowman, but sweet relief to Yancey's girlfriend and his supporters. The verdict is read. What was that moment like for Din? Well, he was so emotionally upset. He said, I can't believe it, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. Three weeks later, a very different-looking Din Bowman is back in court for sentencing. Mr. Bowman made some bad decisions. The once cocky boy genius is gone as the reality of the guilty verdict sinks in. And his parents step forward to beg the judge for mercy. I know this is my fault. Defense attorney Brown 
must finish reading her statement. Our son's acts are our, our faults. My husband and I, we provide and allowed him to learn a gun for self-protection. Brown, a seasoned trial lawyer, can't help but show emotion as Din's mother asks the judge to send her to prison in place of her only child. I please ask you to allow myself to substitute any punishment by placing myself in Din's role. It was heartbreaking to watch his mother at sentencing, for her to offer herself in his place, to do his punishment for him. That's real. Moments later, it's Bowman's turn. Then are you able to speak? But Yancey's girlfriend and his supporters refuse to listen. <laughs> I'm disappointed that the jurors didn't believe me. In the first words out of Den's mouth when he's asked to make a statement at sentencing is not about his parents or his heartbroken mother or Yancey's friends or family. It's, I can't believe the jury didn't believe me. That's his focus. I don't envy your task of having to make the uh, burden of deciding my fate. It's, uh, and I'm sorry for placing you in that situation. And all I can ask is for your mercy and for your help. As the judge is about to deliver Bowman's sentence, he has something he feels compelled to say. I feel very sorry for your parents, Mr. Bowman, and I want to tell them that it is not their fault. Mr. Bowman is responsible for his own actions. Bowman gets 29 years and one month, slightly less than the maximum. The case against Din Bowman is over, but the police feel there's unfinished business. Was Jennifer misleading or dishonest or lying at any point during this questioning? Yes, she was. I would very much like her to be charged with a crime. The crime of helping her husband cover up Yancey's murder. Frank, would you like her to be charged with a crime? Yes, I would. Jennifer today has changed her name and her job. She opened the door. But we tracked her down in Seattle. Hey, Jennifer. Peter Van Sant, 48 hours. Why did you lie to detectives? Why did you help your husband cover up a murder? You can talk to us. No answers still. Ultimately, the state attorney chose not to bring charges against Jennifer, and she in turn has cut off all ties with the man she once endearingly called her bunny. Today, the house the couple lived in sits empty. The two cars at the heart of this case remain in a police warehouse. But the memories of Yancey Knoll remain as alive as ever. Ready? 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 Get it! <laughs> After the verdict, Den Bowman attempted suicide. Jennifer and Den are now divorced. Should Jennifer Bowman also have been charged? Chat now with correspondent Peter Van Sant on Twitter.
Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the secrets within families, cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved. Enjoy My Life of Crime on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus.